Hello and welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. I'm your host, Bill Banton, along with me on this journey back to the 80s, my co-host, Jason Masick. Hello, Jason. Hello, Bill Bant. I am looking forward and tonight looking backward, as it turns out. Yes. So uh, I'm looking forward to this special episode with you. Um, how are you doing uh, anyway? I'm doing well. Thank you. Enjoyed a little bit of the uh, break off and uh, very excited to get back to the swing of things. We're getting back to business. business. Yes, we are. Do it. All right. So uh, this week we will be looking back on season one and we will give in, uh, everyone a sneak peek into season two. Uh, so Jason and I came up with a bunch of questions to ask one another uh, as we reflect on the season. And then uh, we'll talk a little bit about season two. We're very excited about it. Hell yeah. Woo! Just thanks for everyone's support through season one. Uh, sorry, we had to take a little hiatus, but, you know, with the holidays and uh, just trying to get back in the swing of things and just plan and stuff like that. That's right. We're going to be back bigger, badder and better than ever. There we go. All right. I'm going to start with our questions. Let's do it. All right. So question one, Jason, what was your favorite episode of season one? My favorite episode of season one of the all 80s movies podcast is Big Trouble in Little China, 1986. That's my choice, man. That was our fifth episode. And I tell you what, this was tough. I've got a lot of favorite episodes, to be honest. I I went down the list and I was like, there were so many different moments from different pods that uh, just came back to me and it made me smile and it just made me realize how much I've enjoyed this journey with you thus far, Bill Bant. But uh, Big Trouble in Little China, there was something about the weird, fun energy of the film that really got me going when I rewatched it. There was just something about it. The film looked great in HD on the big screen TV when Carpenter's theme kicks in at the start. I mean, it really got me going. It reinvigorated me. My, you know, my love for all things 80s, 80s movies. And I mentioned this was only our fifth episode or fifth podcast. So after listening back to the podcast, because I always, re, you know, listen to it to kind of uh, study what we've we've done and, and see where we can improve and things like that. Um, I felt like listening back to this particular pod that we were really starting to get our rhythm. It was a tight episode with some great laughs. Uh, And I was like, afterward, I was like, okay, we're starting to feel this. We're starting to develop our rapport. And you and I have talked about this offline, where you and I, you know, kind of came up with this concept. I have to give you more credit than myself, but you and I would always have our our table discussions, whether it be over a meal or just sitting around and talking about movies. And it was like, why don't we do this on a podcast? Because we are truly passionate about 80s films, but it's different once you hit the record button. Things change, and we had to figure out some things, work out the kinks, etc. And I felt like on this podcast, listening back to, it, it was like, okay, okay, this is this is fun, and it kind of coincided with the fun of this particular movie, Big Trouble in Little China. I mean, you got Jack Burton, Wang, Egg Shen, David Lopan, Gracie Law, Meow Yen, and let's not forget Eddie Lee. I mean, I was feeling like Jack Burton in the elevator with uh, Wang and the Chang Sing. Oh yeah, when he's like. Uh, I feel pretty good and uh, I'm not scared at all. Feel kind of, feel kind of invincible. 
This movie is just a quirky cross genre, strange brew, and it works like magic, like the magic in the film itself. And as you pointed out, I remember this bill band on the actual pod, Jack Burton is technically the sidekick in this movie. It's really Wang that's doing all the ass kicking, which is great. Like if you really watch the movie thinking like doing a reversal, because you think Kurt Russell, who's an absolute stud in this, as Jack Burton is, you know, our lead protagonist, but it's really Wang that's the hero. Jack Burton doesn't really do much except wisecracking uh, the whole time. So I think it definitely hit me while watching this movie for this podcast back when uh, and back then uh, that doing this podcast isn't work at all, my friend. It's just a real pleasure. So Big Trouble in Little China is my favorite episode thus far. Wow. That's a good one. I like that. I like how it all coincides. That's a good call. It's a good call. That is a fun one and a fun movie. Mine is surprising enough was Dirty Dancing. <laughs> yeah. All right. Because, you know, we did in July our summer at the cinema theme and we were trying to do all movies that took place during the summer and we picked Dirty Dancing and I got really nervous about it. I remember. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a big fan of that movie. It's really cheese ball. I really don't want to do a show where I bust on it for 90 minutes. Am I going to have enough to talk about? And watching the movie again, more with trying to prepare for the show, I couldn't believe all the information I was coming up with and seeing, sure. and then really seeing for the first time what, why people love this movie and not just like, oh, it's a chick flick and yada, yada, yada. I don't really want to watch it. And, that ended up being one of our longest shows. I mean, we talked about that one forever. That recording was a long one. That was close, I, yeah. close to three hours, and we cut it down to two. And even recording, I'm like, wow, this really works. <laughs> See, for you, it took ep- <laughs> episode five. Me, it took until the summer where I finally <laughs> felt comfortable enough. Oh, okay. I think this show is finally working. I think I get it. I I know uh, what we need to do in order to make it work and just getting the rapport. You need to find a groove, man. Yeah. I mean, we've known each other for a really long time. Right. And then just just trying to work this out the whole time and just figure out our nuances among one another. And I don't know. That one I just I was really just happy with because I didn't know what to expect. And I think it was one of the few episodes. I mean, Grant, I have to go listen to it anyway to edit. But I think it was the first time I could actually listen to the episode after it was done. Like my, my wife will usually listen to him later gotcha. and I'm always like, I got to leave the room. I can't, I can't listen to myself again. I mean, I'm doing it just to get, make sure the show goes out. But that was the first time I'm like, Oh, you know what? I can actually listen to myself and talk about the show. And then I was like, Oh, okay. You know what? You could actually tolerate yourself. Yeah. I can actually tolerate myself for once. I don't know how the audience does it, but I was able to do it. So yeah, dirty dance is my pick. It's my favorite. Uh, that it's the most is surprising. outstanding. I think that's great. Uh, you made a lot of really good points. That I recall now, just letting the listeners in kind of little BTS here behind the scenes, which is really fun just to kind of let you in on what Bill and I are thinking when we do these podcasts and a little bit of how it all works. But uh, usually Bill and I, when you know we stop recording, immediately we give our instant reactions as to how we felt about that recording, how we felt that podcast went. And I re- recall after Dirty Dancing, going, that was good. I feel really good about that. You just you just know it. It's a feeling where it's like, yeah, we covered all the bases. We made some great points. 
Uh, There's a lot of variety within it. And it flowed that you and I had good chemistry during the recording. And uh, some funny things popped up that we didn't expect or uh, made new discoveries within the podcast. So, you know, uh, I definitely recall Dirty Dancing was a really solid one. Like you said, it went, you know, we just kept going and it didn't feel like it was that long, as I recall. We, I, I, we always kind of keep one eye on the clock, but when it was over, I don't recall feeling tired. No, in the way I have with others, uh, for whatever reason, and for the listeners out there, thus far, Bill, you know, Bill and I do record during the late evening hours. That's the time we have, and uh, where we don't have any other commitments. I mean, it's just our free time where our schedules work out, where Bill and I are able to get together and do this. So sometimes we get a little tired, not enough caffeine. It's been a long day, etc. But Dirty Dancing, we had a lot of energy for that one. Yeah, because usually our goal is try to keep the episodes between like 90 and an hour and 45. And when I I looked at it, I was like, holy crap, it's almost three hours long. I got a lot to cut out. Yeah. You know, you do have that thankless job of uh, doing the editing. And, you know, it just reminded me of just a brief story here. My my sister, brother-in-law, niece, and nephew were driving somewhere on vacation recently, and it took a little while. So they decided to listen to one of our pods. I believe it was Spaceballs, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Uh, something a little more appropriate for the kids, too. But I think it was either my nephew or brother-in-law that said, wow, yeah, you guys, that was, that was a lot. Like, it. we listened to you for the entire car ride. That was a long one. <laughs> I was like... Yeah, sometimes they can go a little long. Uh, you kind of have to stick with us. Some are longer than others, but yes, you are correct. We do try to keep it to around an hour and a half on average, around 90 minutes, but some of them just need more time. Uh, some of the films need a little more uh, TLC, you know? Yeah, and even at two hours, the number showed that people want to listen. I mean, that's what a lot of stuff you read is like, don't worry about the time, as long as the episode works you know, people are going to listen to it if they're interested in it and stuff so that i think that kind of helped prove that point too because that's really when the show the numbers like skyrocketed that month right with summer school for some reason just went through the roof and then everything after that it's like our numbers tripled for some reason that month You're and i got a little nervous because right. i was like oh this is gonna be a two-hour show are people gonna hang on and they still did so it's like, okay, we're doing something right. As long as the content's good, it doesn't matter how long it is. But, you know, we're not going to abuse that and do seven-hour shows or anything. But uh, Right, right. You know, there is a limit. Mm-hmm. But I also believe that what we've realized is technology today, right? You can come back to it at any point. We know that, I've, gosh, I know as an avid fan of several podcasts myself, I don't mind the longer ones because it passes the time when I have a long day driving. Uh, also if I don't finish it, I know I just have more to come back to the next day. It's a matter of taste really, but, uh, yeah, we, we don't want to, we're not going to, we're not going to make them too long. Yeah. Yeah. That's not one of our goals of season two. (laughs) Definitely not. All right. Should we move on? Absolutely. All right. I'll throw it to you, Jason. Okay. So our next question is what movie that we covered did you think held up the best? From season one. This what was the, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, this was the easiest one. The Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
Ah, yeah, and sure. I, and, and I think I kind of mentioned it in the podcast itself too, where this movie could almost be released today for the first time and people would be totally amazed by it. They would uh, love how they did the special effects. They're like, oh, they did all these practical effects. And right. um, most of them really held up, hold up really well. The story's just great. The action's so fun. You can't, I can't argue with you. It, going through all of them, all, I was like, oh yeah, this is really the one. I mean, there might be some like minor tweaks to it, but yeah, you could really release this movie for the first time today and we'd still get be getting lines out the door to go see it. A hundred percent. You know, there was, I, I was mad at myself because at, when listening back to that particular podcast, which, you know, I just enjoyed because I love this movie so much uh, because it inspired so much of my wanting to be a filmmaker, or be involved in the filmmaking business. I, I was a little remiss because just mentioning how this film inspired so many action adventure films afterward, even just recently, like on Netflix, you've got Red Notice with Ryan Reynolds and The Rock, you know, Dwayne Johnson. And say what you might about that particular film. There's a, an entire sequence at the end of that movie that's like almost just a blatant ripoff of Raiders Lost Ark, you know, or any of the Indiana Jones films. And they know that. They are clearly paying some homage there. But there's so many movies like that now that that changed how it's done. And uh, I couldn't agree with you more. It, it's complete. Like if that movie was released today, I would be in awe and wonder as I am still. To, there's still things about that. Even knowing all that we know about that movie, you can still watch that go. Geez, I still I, I know how they did it, but how did they do it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but really, how did they do it? Yeah, it's that good. So that's a great call. Mm-hmm. That's a great call. Uh, did you want to say anything else about Raiders? No. Uh, oh, that was the only other thing I was remiss about. And I think I mentioned it in my uh, tweet about that was the title itself, which I just always fail to focus on. That the title is Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's not like Indiana Jones, Heroes of the Lost Ark. Like he's this hero. They're literally, they're not grave robbers, so to speak. But they are raiding these lost artifacts. Yeah. Right. So that I just find interesting because we always think of either he's this archaeologist or he's a professor of archaeology. What was it? Uh, expert on the occult, finder of rare antiquities. But he's a raider, just like Belloc, just like Forrestal before him. You know, I just, it's such a cool title uh, just to think about that aspect of it. So anyway. Yeah. So the movie that I thought held up the best. I think that's interesting that you chose the last movie from season one. I'm going with the first movie from season one, RoboCop 1987, our inaugural. I I knew I was going to screw that up. (laughs) I can't say it. I cannot say it. Inaugural. There you go. Got it. Got it on the second try, man. I couldn't believe how well it looked and how engaged I was throughout the rewatch of RoboCop outside of a few clunky special effects. I, I think this movie is still completely badass. There, there's a little similarity. I think there with Raiders between with RoboCop Raiders, but the, you know, it's just a matter of tweaking some effects, but the look of RoboCop himself, the suit, the sound design, the dystopian future of Detroit city, Peter Weller, freaking Clarence Boddicker, one of the greatest bad guys with Kurtwood Smith playing him. Ronnie Cox, Miguel uh, Ferrer, sorry, just to name a few of this 
great actors of this great cast. I mean, Robocop's Auto 9 gun, the enforcement droid, the ED-209. I mean, you got Rob Botton and Phil Tippett doing the uh, puppetry and the effects. Uh, man, Basil Paladoris is incredible adrenaline pumping score. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was singing again. Dun, 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 dun. It's just so awesome. I mean, Peter Weller was 40 when this movie came out, and he looks like he's 27 yeah. at most. Dead or alive, you're coming with me. This movie, it just surprised me how well it held up. Uh, I think if this movie were released today, people would like it because of Paul Verhoeven's direction and the way that he took it. There's a satire aspect of this in this with the the goofy advertisements and the, I buy that for a dollar, just kind of a vision of the future of where things are going and the technology. It's, it's still, it works for me. I buy it. I would buy it for a dollar. Uh, <laughs> I'd buy it for more than a dollar. So yeah, I just go back to the sound design. Like I remember saying when we recorded the initial pod is when he, when RoboCop is first, he stands up and he walks into the police precinct and you see him behind that kind of um, that, what is it? Uh, the glass, but you can't oh, see right. through it. Like the opaque kind of mm-hmm. that glass. The frosted uh, glass. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. That's, that's what I was looking for. Um, and you just hear, uh, it's just gives me chills every time, man. So yeah. Robocop, I think uh, holds up the best. That's for me. That is a very good call. Um, when you think about it, cause it, is kind of a simple story mm-hmm. which would work today just the way the world is right now that in a way it's kind of mocking everything that's going on a little bit it almost seems like a little bit on the nose now the way things are going right now but um well that's the thing with these dystopian yeah. future type of movies right mm-hmm. it did kind of predict a couple of things and with the technology and it's it doesn't watching it it didn't feel super dated so no. it still felt futuristic for the most part. Sci-fi, yeah. the sci-fi holds up for me. So yeah, you would have to definitely the Ronnie Cox puppet. You have to change out and <laughs> right when he's falling from the beginning. Yeah, at the, that's, that's yeah. the only bad one. And then the um, right the EV, the Ed two hundred nine. There's Ed a couple of effects right. that are clunky. Outside of that, yeah, you wouldn't really have to change that much with that one either. That's a good call. No, and I think RoboCop 2 was a game changer. Definitely with the ultra violence. We talked about that a lot mm-hmm. in the podcast. Yeah, I, I thought that movie was inspiring. I remember anticipating it as a kid, and I still love watching it today. And I think it's so much better than the sequels that came after and the reboot that came after that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember the original. Being really disappointed with the second one. But it's it's grown on me. But yeah, the first one is in a class by itself. Yep. Unfortunately, never be able to recapture that, but I know they keep trying. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let's go to the next question. Uh, so which movie that we covered did you dislike? <laughs> I love it. Here we go. This is the fun stuff. Okay. I'm wondering oh, whether this, this is the same where, one. This is where I, I'm like, oh, Bill Bant's going to try and predict what I want to say. I am. He's like, <laughs> I wish I could write it down and then just show up like, I'm going to say. Okay. All right. all right. Well, this is the one that we covered that I disliked. I'm going with Children of the Corn. Ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding, yeah. ding. That's on mine, too. That's <laughs> mine, too. That's awesome. Bill Bant, ladies and gentlemen, this is simply not a good film. No. And what pissed me off the most about this movie was just how stupid our protagonists were. 
or are in this movie driving around like idiots and investigating the town where they should have gotten out of Dodge at the first sign of trouble. I mean, I recall there only being one really decent scare in this movie. Isaac is pretty creepy. You got Malachi in there. Who's good, I guess, sort of, I don't know. What Outlander. (laughs) Outlanders. He who walks behind the rose is a cool idea, but a mouthful to say. And again, like a kind of cool concept for an otherworldly biblical end of the world style entity, but the effects completely suck in this movie. The story doesn't make any sense. Uh, Yeah. You had a good idea. Like if they had just kind of done a little more backstory with how the kids came to take over the town and the whole living in the cornfield thing, the lore of it, getting a little more into that. Yeah. I would have, yeah, the ending would have been them taking over the town. I would have done it that way. But this is uh, one of those Stephen King. Was this based on a, a uh, jog my memory here, man? Was it a short story or was it? Yeah, I think it was originally a magazine article. Okay. I knew it was, yeah, it was something, a smaller work of his. But uh, hey, Sarah Connor, Linda Hamilton's in it, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. One of the few silver linings. And then so. trying to think of something else. And then, oh, yeah, because then I did think of another Peter Horton movie. He was in that volleyball movie with oh, C. Thomas right. Howe. Yeah. I think I think that was the only thing because all I, yeah, I just thirty something. Yeah, Lyndall Hamilton's in it, and that guy from Thirty Something. Yeah, and the kid, the guy from Can't Buy Me Love. You shit out my house. Yep. <laughs> Courtney Gaines. Courtney Gaines. Shout out Courtney Gaines. Yes, that movie's just terrible. I <laughs> I don't even bad. know what else to say about it. Was it was the first it was time terrible. I saw it too. Yep, first time for me too. And I think even if I saw it as a kid, I don't think I still would have thought. It was good. Or I definitely would have back in the rewatch and been like, why did I like this movie? This movie's just terrible. I can guarantee you if I saw this as a kid, it probably would have creeped me out a little bit. But because it's so terrible, I would have gotten through it and been like, oh, yeah, that wasn't so bad. And, oh, you know what? I can go around school now and be like, yeah, I saw Children of Corn. No problem. It was a breeze. Yeah, that's because the movie sucks. It's not scary. And the fact they made like 10 more of them. I can't believe it. Who's watching these? It has its cult following. Yeah. That's funny. All right. So we have the same one. Yep. For the movie we disliked from season one. Mm-hmm. Bill Bant. Yes. What was your favorite movie discovery from season one of the all 80s movies podcast? I'm going to say we probably have the same one on this one, too. Because- I have a feeling. God, I remember watching this and going, oh, man, Jason's going to hate me for making him watch this. <laughs> and when you sent me that text to say, oh, good God, what did I just watch? And I'm like, oh, shit, we're in Wait, trouble. Hate you or hate Hillary? No, oh, maybe Hillary. <laughs> but yeah, the movie we're talking about is Sleepaway Camp. Yeah. Which it's the first time. And I, I still can't think of another movie where. I watched like the first five, 10 minutes into it. I'm like, oh my God, this is a piece of shit. Why am I watching this? And then love the movie by the end. Right. That cold open or the opening of the movie is rough. Yeah. The the first actual scene. The opening credits are cool and weird, but I, mm-hmm. the it's that first scene is rough. And then I was just amazed by it. And yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm still pissed that COVID's going on that you haven't been able to come over and watch so we can watch the rest of these to find oh, out what the hell happens. God, I can't wait for that marathon. Yeah. We'll have a sleepover sleepaway camp marathon. Yes. Uh, 
Dude. Yeah. Keep going, man. No, this movie just blew me away. I couldn't, I could not believe it. And I knew the ending and you did not. Right. Which was surprising that you did not know, but I mean, Aunt Edna. Yeah. How I escaped the spoiler of that ending. I still have no idea. I really thought it was going to be like, oh, we're going to be ripping this movie for for 90 minutes. Right. And then it was, now I'm going to have to spend 90 minutes trying to defend this movie to Jason <laughs> because that. it's amazing. Yeah. And then when you said you loved it as much as I did, that was just a total shock. It was just a total shock. I didn't think we'd be on the same page on that one because I know horror movies is not really your thing. Right. So yeah. The fact that you were so into it too, just, just made it just more exciting. I mean, yeah, that movie's it's definitely got some issues, but I couldn't believe how much I loved it. I yeah, absolutely. This is definitely up there with one of the favorite my favorite uh pods we've done because the discovery was so incredible. So you nailed it. Sleepaway Camp 1983, the first in the series, hands down was my favorite discovery. I mean, this movie is this is going to be my breakdown. This this movie is absolutely batshit wild and crazy. Felissa Rose is is fantastic. The actress as Angela slash Peter. Yeah. I mean, what the reveal at the end is mind blowing. And speaking of dicks, we get plenty of Ronnie's dick pressing through his holy shit short shorts. We get an absolutely stellar fake mustache on Frank the cop. But the real star here is Desiree Gold as Aunt Martha. Holy Christmas. What movie is she in? Who cares? She's brilliant. She is insane. I mean, because she's so theatrical, right? Yes. And but it's done with purpose. It feels like at least when and once the movie's over, you're like, wait a minute, was this was this just the sneaky smart like the sneakiest smartest movie I've ever seen? Because it is. It's sneaky, smart in its storytelling, and it's extremely off-putting. It's really creepy. Uh, Is it dated? Yes, of course. Is the baseball scene overtly homoerotic and three innings too long? 100%. But the ending leaves you frozen with your jaw dropping and hissing just like Angela slash Peter. Yes. Uh, Shout out to Hillary Bant, your wife, a.k.a. program director for adding this to our, but what do we call it? I got the, the our, our, our schedule. Uh, Sarah's but what do we call it uh, during the month of oh, cinema, cinema slasher month? Slasher, cin- slasher cinema month. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, man. This movie was an absolute trip. I loved it. But Aunt, Aunt Martha is really what stays with me. Yeah. I can't uh, believe how many times I went back just to watch that scene. Yeah. Just because I was, I was just so enamored with it i just couldn't believe it. i just kept wanting i'm like because the first time i'm like what is this woman doing and then after i watched the movie i'm like oh let me go back and see what this woman did let me watch it again right let me watch it again it uh, see like I, i'm already i'm just got to keep moving because i'm lost in it now. yeah like yeah. I, I could we could spend another hour just talking yes all right moving on moving on moving on okay uh next question what is something new you learned about your co-hosts <laughs> during the season? Hey, man, you know, first, I, I'm just going to say one thing I already knew about Bill Bant was that he was a consummate professional. I've worked with Bill Bant over the years on film projects way back when at the University of Miami, but then also in more recent years on short films. And uh, 
ready to work and give it his all. And uh, I've really gotten to see his absolute commitment to something he's truly passionate about, which is this podcast. It's it's always on display. Beyond that, man, you know what I, I learned about you is the, your ability to do impressions. I'm constantly surprised with your impressions. I don't it, Look, I don't know if I gave you enough credit for how funny you are, Bill. You really are very funny. And you can truly be, you have some just you shine in certain moments. You just have display pure genius, especially with the impressions. One impression that is, that is one of my favorite. It's not exact. I'll get to my absolute all time favorite, but this one I thought of your impression impression of substitute teacher Miss Kara from summer school when you did. Is that your blood? Is that, <laughs> is that your blood? <laughs> She sees Denise coming screaming out of the classroom. Absolutely hilarious. Or, of course, Gene Wilder from Stir Crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But the best ever of all time in the universe of the world is definitely... Open your mouth. Hey, man, I was trying to remember, when did that begin? And by the way, we don't do it enough anymore, and we need to bring that no. back. But uh, did that start with when we did No Way Out and my Hey, It's That Actor was Marshall Bell as Contra number one from that movie? Was it Big Trouble Little China? Was it that there was like a creature that reminded me of Quato? Maybe. And you did it. And because the the listeners at home can't see this, but Bill did because... Quato, the creature, not only has the weird voice, uh, but he has like three fingered hands and he does the three fingers. And you did that on the Zoom, on your Zoom feed, on your screen. And that's what made me laugh so hard was the combination of you doing the three fingers. (laughs) Anyway, so Bill, you you continue to surprise me uh, in the best ways and... Yeah, there was there was one other thing I was going to say, and now I damn it, I forgot. See, the funny thing is, most of my impressions are like of characters or people most people don't know, and then I can do a lot of like kids and cartoon ones because my kids are always asking me to do, you know, right, like Elmo or Mickey Mouse, Pluto, those kind of ones, and I'm like, oh, we can never really use those on the show. We're not doing any Mickey Mouse movies, but right, right, right. And I'm sure I missed it. There's a couple in there I know I missed that you've you've done that were hilarious. But mm-hmm. yeah, but yeah, I'll try to I'll try to throw them out more when I can. But like when Just I know it's coming, high quality I, stuff. I get worked up and then I can't do it right because then I'm trying not to laugh and do the voice at the same time. So it's just got to sneak them in there somehow. Outstanding. Yeah, it's it's crazy too because looking back and and thinking on this, like I said, we've known each other since college um, in the in the early '90s and. I think the thing for me, the most surprising was because I knew, you know, you did the high school plays and acting and all this stuff. I didn't know how committed you were to the whole dancing. Thing. Oh, yeah. I, I knew nothing about that for some reason. Like I knew yeah, you were a soccer player. Yeah, I knew the soccer and all that. And then the just dancing thing just surprised me how much you were into because because then I even think about it, like all the times we ever hung out with like, I don't think we've ever hung out like somewhere where we'd be dancing. Mm. just to see you break out some moves or something. I was like, Oh, that'd have been so cool. Like even in college, I don't think we ever went anywhere where it was always just like, you're, Oh, I hated parties. going to the clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Miami, you weren't a clubber, which yeah, was such a, a big guy. thing. Of course you, yeah, but it wasn't for me. 
that mm-hmm. scene. It was a diff- it was a very specific scene that I wasn't into. So just the, the rhythm and movement. And Marwan was really the dancer. Oh yeah, all of us. Oh, he was always breaking out wherever we were going. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So bust to move. So yeah, that I think that was a surprise because I never saw any kind of aspects of it to know that you did it. And I was like, holy shit. So every time you brought the stories, I was always just like, <laughs> I still can't believe this. I've known this guy how long I didn't know anything about this whatsoever. That's right. That was like the biggest surprise to me. I don't I don't think anything would top that. That's funny. You know, I didn't think about actually that's so funny. I was kind of reading this question differently as in like what did I learn about you by doing this podcast, like more from a technical aspect, I uh, think, or present day versus what I've actually learned about Bill Bant, the person that I didn't know before. And because we've known each other for so long, but I, yeah, that, because now I think about it, there are certain aspects or things about your history that I wasn't aware of, like, especially like the, you know, your schooling at a young age and how you talk about how you missed out on a certain experiences, which just kind of depressed me in a way. Uh, <laughs> Damn Catholic high school. Yeah. You know, how you're talking about like being in a cafeteria and you always have the same table mm-hmm. and things like that. And I was like, and you're like, yeah, we didn't, we didn't get to do any of that in my high school. You were talking about the, when we did camp, I me love, I think yes. you were talking about that. Yeah, that's why I love uh, the high, your high, Catholic, high, school. high school cafeteria. Always sitting at the same table with the yep. same people. Pick the same table first week, and that's where you were for the rest of the year. <laughs> the same people, so you better not get in a fight with them because you got to sit with them all year long. Right. Uh, so I did learn that about you. Mm-hmm. No, but but um, with you too, it, I think it was cool. The one time when you called me out on the show, it was just like, "Hey, dude." You got to pep, you got to put a little more pep in your step in the show. <laughs> and that's when I knew it was like, right. you were serious about this because you called me out on something. And that was good too, because I needed it. Cause I even kind of know it's like, oh, that wasn't one of my better ones. And then um, the fact that you pointed it out too, it's like, hey, if you want this to work and I know this is your thing and you're passionate about it, you know, we all got long days too, but bring it when it comes to these two, two and a half hours. So I always appreciate that. And that, I think that helped a lot too, because it's always kept me on my toes too. Because I always like, you know, usually write notes on my paper, like keep up the energy, enthusiasm, stuff like that. So I always appreciate that you did that. And that's when I knew like you weren't afraid to take not so much interest in the show, but ownership of the show too. It wasn't just Bill thing and you're tagging along. You're like, I, I want this to work as much as. Yeah, Bill absolutely. Does, and I appreciate that. So thank you. Well, I appreciate that you appreciate that uh, because that concerned me because I think. You and I, if we're, we can be at fault sometimes by being passive aggressive or just generally nice about things. And we don't, we're not hypercritical, nor do we feel we need to be. But at sometimes you've got to, you know, we, we have to find ways to better ourselves and challenge ourselves. And we have to be receptive to constructive criticism. Right. So I think. That's something we'll continue to work on. And and I also know that when you point out something in the nicest human, you know, humanly like possible, or I'm screwing this, uh, nicest possible way that I, it will, I will always remember it and it can only make us better or make me better because whether it's the, um, uh, dead air stuff, I happen, you know, I have a bad habit of being redundant. I use the same phrase over and over again. I've caught these things. 
over time. Uh, that's why I always listen back to the podcasts. Uh, I am extremely long-winded. These are things that uh, I got to look out for. So that's something I learned about myself as well, doing this with you, man. So it's, it's a, you know, we're, we're just going to remain teachable. This yeah. is a learning experience. Yeah. And just thanks for, for everyone just to come on the journey with us and enjoying. That's right. Hey, Bill Bant, mm-hmm. what episode do you think needs a little, a little more love, a little, maybe, maybe some more love from our listeners that we did in season one? For me, this is an early episode too, because every couple of weeks we get together and decide, you know, hey, where, what are our next block episodes going to be? And when we right. came out with the first couple, the one of the ones that we picked was Witness, which is one of my favorites. It's the same one I chose. Oh, the same one you chose? Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, man, I really love that movie. And I was surprised, too, how many people that I've talked to have told me they've never seen that film. Right. And that's why they never listened to the episode. And I was like, Harrison Ford was nominated for an Oscar for this film. Yeah. How did you miss this? And uh, I love that movie. It's It's definitely my third favorite of his and yeah, that's when I always go back to it and watch every once in a while. And um, yeah, just numbers wise, it did not do well. And I was totally shocked by that. I thought for sure that one would, would blow up. And it was funny too, because there was another podcast that was doing witness the same day. Ours was right. Too. Right. And we've become friends since then because of that. So it's great. But um, yeah, I just need witness needs some love go back and, and give it a listen. I know it's one of our early ones and we're still finding our way through, but if you have not seen the movie, go see the movie and then listen to the show. Well, it was interesting looking back. Gosh, we did 39 episodes, I think 39 movies, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And there's some movies, you know, that didn't do quite the numbers that some others did. Some we expected to do well, some we didn't, some were surprises, etc. And there are films like Victory or Dragon Slayer, uh, to name a couple that, you know, haven't been quite as popular as others kind of expected that, probably especially with Victory or maybe even Dragon Slayer. But uh, I didn't expect those to do so well, nor am I like, do I think those are like these great cinematic achievements? I, I just have particular attachments and nostalgic connections to those films. And I'm glad we did those for our podcast. With Witness, I wasn't expecting huge numbers or anything, but I think that is truly a great movie. Mm-hmm. And that's why I chose it for this is because I think, you know, sure, I would love for the numbers to be through the roof, but, you know, it's more about celebrating a really great 80s movie that is just everybody at the top of their craft. This is 1985, right? Yeah. And Harrison Ford is at his peak uh, doing what he does best, bringing that smoldering intensity as Philadelphia police detective John Book going into the Amish country. Yeah. <laughs> Amish country. Such great direction by Peter Weir. Australian, right? Isn't mm-hmm. he history? Yes. And uh, great writing, great performances, real chemistry with Harrison Ford and Kelly McGillis. So much about the movie is unspoken is what is unspoken that and that's a lot of the the in the direction to this unspoken love, lust, loss, yearning has one of the best scenes of all time that we covered with Lucas Haas and the uh, 
police precinct, identifying Danny Glover as the bad guy in the picture. Yeah. I mean, that un, again, unspoken communication kind of where it's there are no words, there's no dialogue, but the look that Harrison Ford and Lucas Haas share in that scene. Brilliant. Wonderfully directed. It's a great story, has an intense finish. So I just really recommend that people watch that movie. Go go see Witness. Mm-hmm. Watch it if you haven't already seen it. Uh, it's a, a little bit of a slow burn. Uh, it's a dramatic piece, but you know, just it's a, it's a great movie. And it's weird because almost a happy accident came out of that with not getting the numbers because then we kind of got away from those kind of movies after that and did more mm-hmm. of the summer schools and night shift and, and those kind of films, which, you know, we got a lot of feedback like, Oh my God, I remember that movie. That movie was so funny. And, and that kind of thing. And not did a lot of the hardcore drama stuff. Cause I know we, we, every once in a while would talk about doing another traumatic and we're like, ah, maybe you need to wait a little bit longer. So, you know, I think it's good. I mean, we will get to those at some point. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we're not going to shy away from the niche, like the niche, uh, smaller, Films, the cult classics, the ones that may not be as popular, we understand. And we also very much love the more lighthearted romantic comedies or summer, you know, films of the 1980s. I mean, that's that's our bread and butter. Absolutely. The blockbusters. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we still have just as strong attachments to every other movie that came out at whatever time in the 1980s. And Witness is one of those. Mm -hmm. I mean, that left an impact on me. Right. Seeing Harrison Ford do something besides Han Solo or Indiana Jones was like a revelation to me. It's like, oh, he can, he, this guy can do it all. Yep. He's actually, he's a good actor. He's not just a movie star. <laughs> all right. Um, our next question. So, Jason, what episode do you wish you could do over again? You know what? I've got, I, I had to choose two. Okay. The first one for me, uh-huh. because this is where I get very self Critical. I'm my own worst critic. Uh, Risky Business was my first one because I dropped really? the, yeah, the F-bomb way, way too many times in that one. And oh, I, okay. I want to apologize to the listeners once again. I think I caught myself about three quarters of the way in the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I was just dropping way, way too many uh, F-bombs. So I just didn't like me. <laughs> I can and then my my other episode I wish I could do over again, to be completely honest, is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. I think wow. I, yeah, all because again, just being self-critical, I think I got tired. I think I ran out of gas on that one. And it's really one of my all-time favorites, man. I just adore that movie. And I just feel like I didn't bring my A game. Uh, it was one of those when it was over, I was like, ah, I don't feel great about that performance on my behalf. And I didn't tell my story about how doing a Captain Kirk impression got me on the new dating game show, with Chuck Woolery. I didn't what? get so I know. <laughs> you left that? Then see that way. Well that's right? true. I knew you're on the show, but all right, you gotta tell the story now. Yeah. So long story short, uh I would love doing my Captain Kirk impression, you know, still old friend. Managed to kill just about everyone else, but like a poor marksman, you keep missing the Target. Bones. Uh, so the thing is that Eulen Middlebrooks and myself, I'll never forget this. We were at the Burbank Bar and Grill, kind of sitting back in the corner, and somebody came by with a clipboard and said, Hey, would you want 
to be on TV? Do you want to be on the new dating game uh, hosted by Chuck Woolery? And we're like, yeah, sure. What do we got to do? And there, we just sign up here and like, yeah, you put down your name and number. And they called us and we had to go into it was on some back lot or something, but we went into a room and there was just a bunch of dudes hanging out. This was unbeknownst to us, kind of a mini audition. And they just wanted to put you on tape. So they wanted to put you on video uh, and share a little bit about yourself, tell a funny story, et cetera. And I said, well, oh, and it had to relate to love, let's say a kind of uh, a dating story, right? Because we're mm-hmm. trying to get on the dating game show. So uh, a, a dating experience. Uh, so I decided to tell a story about how one Halloween that I dressed up as Captain Kirk, slicked my hair back, parted it to the side, just like he does. I had one of uh, Brian Sears, my roommate at the time, had one of the uh, communicators from Star Trek, yeah. the actual, the tricorder. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, I had one of those and I went on a date with a girl and I did my Kirk impression the entire night with her just to prove that Kirk can def- doing even just doing an impression of Captain and Kirk can get you the ladies. Mm-hmm. And so when I stood up to tell the story, they, the woman behind the camera, I think said, okay, well now you have to tell the entire story of that Halloween night on that date that you went on as Captain Kirk in the Captain Kirk voice using the Captain Kirk voice. So I did the entire story doing the impression and it went over well enough that I ended up getting on the show and I was one of the three bachelors and I ended up winning the show. <laughs> mm. enough, the girl chose me and I never went on a date with take, her. Funny uh, enough, God. Which was stu- uh, that's another story. But anyway, so yeah. Do you remember Captain the girl's Kirk. name? Charlotte. Oh, it's funny. It's my mom's name. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I knew you were on the show. I knew you got picked, but yeah, I didn't know the audition process. So and I cool. have that episode on VHS still somewhere. Oh shit. Yeah, it's it's very funny. I gotta see it. I don't um, think I've seen it's it. It's a lifetime ago. Yeah. yeah. I think it's on the same VHS tape as my Judge Judy episode. <laughs> <laughs> uh, another story for another time. So my choice if I could do an episode over again, I would do Risky Business and Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. Those are my choices off the top. What about you, Bill Ban? What would you do over again? For me, it would be our second episode, Romancing the Stone. Oh, okay. Because originally, Romancing the Stone was going to be our initial. Right. When we had talked about this the first time. And you and I had actually watched that movie together. Yeah, before. Yeah, way before. Yeah, it's probably the last movie we've had. The two of us has actually seen together because of everything that's been going on that's since. That's true. And then I just remember, I think it was because we were so excited we got the first one under our belt that I just, I don't know, there just felt something off about that show and i remember i i cut the crap out of that one i just remember mm-hmm. just not liking anything about it and just like oh i don't even know if i want to I, I remember almost calling you and going can we do this one again because i was <laughs> so disappointed with it and i really wanted to work because for me romancing the stone is one of those great 80s movies that no one talks about and i wanted to make sure i got the love it deserved and right. then i was like oh, i botched it yeah that would that would be mine that's the one i'm I'm like, ah, you can kind of avoid that one. You know, if I'm See, telling right. people about it, I'm like, yeah, you can miss yeah. that one. Uh, that's interesting. And uh, I totally get it. I get it. Because you say, I just, did I show it enough love? Did I give it the love that it deserved? 
And that's how I felt about Star Trek II, where afterwards, like, oh, will the audience understand how much I love this movie? <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? And did I make enough good points? Did I cover all the reasons why I'm so invested in this particular film? And they don't care, but I care. That's how passionate I get. So I, I understand Romancing the Stone. I remember my sister listened to that and she she really enjoyed it. I was like, oh, good. Thanks for listening. We, we you know, we were going through some growing pains in the beginning right. too. We had, we were, we were, because we had some, uh, yeah, that was it. The modulation issues. Yeah. And that was, that was more of an internet connection mm-hmm. problem. As I remember trying to steal the Wi-Fi from a Marriott hotel in some neighboring town in my car. We were doing, I don't know if we were doing a rehearsal pod, what we, but uh, I was going to do something uh, as I had my laptop in my car. I drove somewhere to get the Wi-Fi. Yeah. And I was going to do it from inside my car. Didn't work out so well. Had very weak connection, but yeah, but we got over it. We got past it. We figured it out. I got a new laptop and better Wi-Fi connection. There you go. <laughs> so some good came out of it. Right. All right. Are we moving on to our final question? Yes. Yeah. What was the most interesting thing you learned about podcasting? Gosh, I couldn't just pick one. So here, here's the deal. Podcasting is a blast, ladies and gentlemen. It's a blast when recording. It's a bitch when editing. I wouldn't know about the editing because I don't edit. Bill is the executive producer. He does all the editing. Thank you, Bill Bant. But probably, you know what, the amount of and dedication to the self-promotion marketing it requires to build a fan base is one of the most interesting things I've learned how much time it's going to take. Uh, and we, we knew going into this that it would take time to build that fan base, but having a presence on the socials uh, daily is work and it's time consuming. And thankfully, once again, Bill does almost all of it. On a positive note, One of the most interesting things I've learned is just simply how inclusive the podcasting community is. There is no competition between podcasts and or podcasters, really. I mean, it's all about the love and support between casters because you quickly realize there are enough listeners to go around. We don't have to compete for listeners. The average podcast listener doesn't only listen to one podcast. They're more like, you know, they more likely have a few or a handful of go-tos and favorites, just like myself. So it's awesome to see how much love podcasters give to one another, especially on Twitter, because we are all in this together and we hope to return the love as much as we can in the future and this upcoming season. And lastly, just engaging with the audience, like engaging with other podcasters, uh, the fans of our pod, or fans of 80s movies, fans of movies in general is a blast. We want to engage with you out there to keep the discussion going about what makes 80s movies so great. And we want to continue to hear from you. So give us your feedback and and let's just, uh, let's keep talking about one of the freshest decades in cinema, the 1980s. Uh, So yeah. And I think, yeah, lastly, you know, it is fun to like look at the stats when you're doing podcasting. (laughs) It's interesting to see like how the ebb and flow of what people seem to like to listen to. So, or or where they're listening from. That's crazy too. There you go. Yeah. Just the fact that other countries find your show and listen to it. That that's crazy Mm -hmm. to me. 
that yeah that i'm like what how'd you even find this somebody in france oh us. yeah yeah we one, said this one person in jamaica yeah <laughs> one person in jamaica just put us over the top there but yeah i would agree to the community with it too because i really thought this would be more of a cutthroat ultra competitive thing because there's i mean there's literally millions of podcasts out there it's grown exponentially yeah absolutely um yeah so that's it with questions so um season two man season two is coming up yeah you know it's been an honor and a privilege to share the podcasting experience with you thus far my my friend my brother uh you are a scholar and a gentleman i appreciate all your hard work due diligence and your passion bill bant and i am really looking forward to another season of discussing purely awesome 80s movies did you want to share a little bit of what we have in store for uh, people or are we going to save it I mean, we could talk a little bit about it. Um, you know, they once could just been... tune in for our, you know, to our season two promo yeah, <laughs> coming that's true. Up shortly. That's true. Um, but yeah, we'll be bringing back the, you know, summer at the cinema uh, during the month of July. And because July has five Fridays, so we'll be doing five movies slash cinema month. We'll be back. Uh, we're going to do a like back to school month in September. So all the movies will be dealing with uh, school because how much we love those looking at having some guests this year uh, yeah, to come yeah. on the show. So that'd be kind of fun to have some people on also. So you don't have to listen to just the two of us all year long, but yeah, we're going to go hard. I know last year we kind of took holidays off. So we'll either do a movie or we'll do like a mini. sode. so from when we start the season on February 11th, all the way to the end of the year, we're doing episodes. That's right. Because that's one other thing we've learned. Bill band. Mm-hmm. Consistency is key. Yes. Consistency. Yes. I mean, there's been times where I'm editing for like six in the morning and then the two hours later, but that's fine. But I know Incredible. I know our listeners want it. And yeah, spoiler alert. We at some point throughout season two, we don't know when, we we might just do Greece two. We might do Greece two. And the reason why we're gonna do Greece two is. Mostly because if we don't, Hillary will kill Bant, kill Bill Bant, I should say, her yes. husband, my co-host. And we can't have that. So otherwise, I'll be doing this podcast solo and it just won't work. Yes, you'll be doing season three by yourself. <laughs> doing auditions. Um, yeah, looking forward to season two, man. Can't mm-hmm. wait. You know, we're kind of trying to figure out most of the season. But of course, if there's any movies that you guys want us to talk about. Please let us know, email us, tweet us. We'll definitely put it into the suggestion box and uh, hopefully get around to it. Because I, I know people ask me all the time, like, when are you going to do such and such movie? When are you going to do such and such movie? I'm like, oh, yeah, there's thousands of movies and we're only doing one a week. So we're trying to get to as many as we can. But we've yeah, done the math. We've done the math. And even if we did, I don't know, I mean, like, like 52 weeks in a year. And if we did 52 movies a year, we'd still, there are enough films that came out in the 1980s that we'd be doing this for at least the next decade. And we'd still, yeah, 10 plus years or so. I mean, you can't scratch on the surface. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I know. I just like the way people ask, like, you know, like do it next week. I'm like, uh, yeah, we already got, we already got that scheduled or that's already recorded. We already got next week, but uh, no, we appreciate the suggestions and uh, oh, it's awesome to account. So, 
So yeah, we'll probably be doing at least another 40 films this upcoming year. Yeah, some fun ones. We try to do a little bit of everything as as usual. So we just hope you enjoy and enjoy the ride. Yeah, we're going to mix it up a little bit. And uh, as Bill said, uh, hopefully we're going to get some guests on, uh, hopefully some surprise guests uh, in there as well. But uh, we're just going to continue to get better and hopefully bring you a better product. So thanks for listening, everybody. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess that uh, wraps it up for this week's mini wraps it up for season one. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We will be starting season two of the All 80s Movies podcast on February 11th. Our first episode will be the 1985 blockbuster Back to the Future. Yeah. Starring Michael J. Fox, Christopher Lloyd, and Leah Thompson. As always, please subscribe, give us a review, and rate us. You can email us at all80smoviespodcast at gmail.com. Please send us your feedback, questions, or recipes to share. I will start sharing these recipes at some point. I always ask for them, and then I never <laughs> post any of them. So that, that'll be something new in Season 2. We'll, we'll be posting some recipes. Um, you can follow us on Facebook at All80sMoviesPodcast, or tweet us at PodcastAll80s. Until then, have a totally great week, everyone. Thanks for staying up with us. Good night, world. <laughs>